What is up, everyone? It's your host, Ian Benner, and this is the second episode of the Backyard College Football Podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Um, I say me because it's just going to be me for the majority of the show today. Um, We had some technical difficulties. not sure if everybody saw on Twitter, but had some issues last night with Dilbeck's audio and so none of his audio recorded so this is now my second attempt to record the show and our schedules didn't work out so it's just going to be me um for a good good chunk of the show and then for the sec analysis we have our good buddy hog delight coming on the show he's going to dive into the sec games give you some some betting tips some betting lines and some some good, some good uh, content for the SEC side. Um, again, you know, I apologize that that Hunter couldn't be here with us today, but uh, just had some issues, and and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get those worked out and be ready to go next time. But um, I'm gonna run through the scores, and and we'll do everything like we normally would. It's just gonna be a little shorter, just because it is me talking with myself. Um, so everybody, just bear with me here, and and we'll have a good show. Um, starting off, you know, with last week, um, I'm just going to kind of run down the top 25 and, and go over the different scores that way. This seems to be a little easier. Um, we're going to start with Clemson Boston College. And I'm sure everybody, what everybody saw on Twitter, you know, Boston College is winning majority of the game and, and uh, Clemson didn't look the greatest, but, um, they, the Tigers were able to pull it out and they, you know, continued their undefeated season. And, you know, it's 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 not really shocking. You know, you have a true freshman quarterback coming in, and, you know, regardless of him being a five-star, Boston College is a team that's up and coming. And, you know, they've been pretty competitive the past couple of years. So it's it's not really surprising to me to see them come into Clemson and, and play a pretty good game. Um, but, you know, to see Clemson have to come from behind and, and, uh, and win that game late was, was definitely shocking. But it, it made for a good football game. And, and uh, I think I think Clemson will be all right heading into next week's matchup with Notre Dame. But uh, that was a, that was a big one to start the day. Um, everybody, everybody was tuned into that one just because they were on upset watch so early. Um, you know, final score is thirty four twenty eight, and Clemson had to score eight in the fourth quarter. Um, but this game isn't even close if their defense doesn't shut out Boston College in the second half. So shout out to the Tigers D keeping it close and and allowing that offense to get things going. Uh, moving along in the top 25, we won't stay on this one long. Um, Alabama, Mississippi State. Um, <laughs> Alabama, 41, Mississippi State, nothing. Um, Mike Leach is going to have to figure it out because after the week one game against LSU, they have looked terrible. Um, seems to me that everybody figured out that, you know, if you don't run man-to-man, that the offense doesn't work um, because, you know, the – the the bodies in the SEC are just so much different than the Pac-12. Like, everybody is an athlete. Everybody can play every position. So, you know, the mismatches that you would get in the Big 12 and the Pac-12 where we just coached in the past just don't exist anymore. Um, plus, he inherited a program at Mississippi State that, you know, was was okay, but, you know, it, it wasn't wasn't primed for a run. So, um, he, he's, he's going to turn it around. I, I hope he does. I like Coach Leach. Um, and, you know, going against Alabama is, is never fun for anybody. So, so yeah, moving along, um, Ohio State and Penn State. Um, this was supposed to be the marquee matchup. 
and uh, Ohio State never looks out of control. Um, from the opening kick, they, they marched down the field and, and scored with ease and, and continued that trend all night. And, and Penn State just struggled to keep their head above water. Um, if they don't score 12 points in the fourth quarter, this, the score isn't, isn't even close. So, um, Ohio State's another beast. Um, as of right now, with Clemson one, Alabama two, and Ohio State three, that, those are the best three teams in the country, without a doubt. Not, not even a question. Um, Justin Fields looks every bit of the part of the Heisman front runner to me. Um, Matt Jones from Alabama is making a good case, but, um, Justin Fields is looking pretty good at Ohio State. So, I expect them to continue their path towards uh, the college football playoff and, and don't don't expect any slip-ups. Um, next, we have Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Um, Notre Dame, you know, looked the part. Georgia Tech wasn't supposed to make it close, wasn't really supposed to be in it. So Notre Dame coming out and doing business or doing their business is, is what you expect to see from the Fighting Irish. And, and Ian Book looks good, too. So I don't, I don't think Notre Dame is going to have an issue. Um, until they play Clemson or until they play somebody that has a pulse. But uh, it's, it's good to see them come out and, and take care of business. Um, number five, Georgia against unranked Kentucky. Um, this game was a slugfest. This game was ugly. Uh, final score was 14-3. to three, um, And, you know, Kentucky scored that three in the second quarter. And, and other than that, they didn't do a whole lot. Um, Stephen Bennett for Georgia. You know, didn't even look that good. He didn't have a touchdown pass. He was nine for 13 with two picks. So Georgia's offense is lackluster, um, anemic, and, and, you know, it's it, it's going to catch up with them. I mean, it already has. I mean, granted, they lost to Alabama, but uh, they're going to have to figure something out or, or they're going to get beat by a couple different teams this, this later on this year. Um, and Kentucky, you know, what are you going to say about Kentucky? Not a whole lot you can do there, but uh, I, I think they'll, I think they'll, get it figured out eventually and, and, and give a, give a couple teams a good scare and it might, might even pull off the W against those teams. Um, moving into the big 12, uh, my Texas Longhorns beat the number six Oklahoma state Cowboys in Stillwater this past Saturday, took them to overtime and took care of business. Um, granted Texas should have lost this game. Um, if Oklahoma state doesn't have four turnovers, this game isn't close, but that's why you play the game. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns. Calvin Wallace had almost 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And, and Chuba Hubbard didn't really do a whole lot. But but Texas usually shuts down the run pretty well, so that's not surprising. But but Texas D has came a long way from giving up touchdowns to Texas Tech and TCU with ease. Um, Oklahoma State really had to earn theirs. And, and uh, I'm really proud of the Texas D. And, and hopefully we can continue the trend and can keep marching towards Dallas and, and making a Big 12 championship burst. Um, I know the Big 12 playoff chances are dead, and that's fine with me. I'm not a conference guy. Um, I root for Texas. I, I don't care who else is in the conference. They could lose every game. I don't care. Um, not about the conference pr- conference pride. I, I just want Texas to do well. So if the, if the playoff chances are gone, then they're gone. That's fine. Uh, we'll be just fine. We'll continue to chug along down in Austin and, and look forward to, to our game against West Virginia this week. Um, as far as teams that took care of business, Cincinnati is up there as well. Um, number seven, Cincinnati beat Memphis 49 to 10. And uh, this was unsurprising. Um, I know you guys won't be able to hear it, but Dillick and I talked about it. And uh, Cincinnati looks damn good. Cincinnati 
I think, you know, a couple teams in front of them lose, and I think they deserve a shot in the college football playoffs. Um, they're not just beating teams. They are embarrassing teams, conference opponents. Um, so so I think I think that Cincinnati will keep the train rolling and will, uh, if, if they can get some luck to bounce their way as far as the rankings go, I think they deserve a shot in the playoffs. Um, they haven't sh- shown anything to prove me otherwise yet. So, so hopefully they continue that trend and, and we'll, we'll keep moving towards it and, and we can get a G5 team in, team in the playoffs. Uh, back into the SEC real quick. These next two games don't, you know, don't really matter. But Texas A&M beat Arkansas 42-31. And honestly, Arkansas scored 14 points in the fourth quarter when the backups were in. So the score was way worse. Um, Sam Pittman has got it looking good in Fayetteville, especially after inheriting the uh, nightmare scenario that Chad Morris had going down there, but um, they still don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with these teams. And 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 I and I and I'll give Texas A&M some credit. They took care of business against a weaker team, which is what you're supposed to do when you're when you're fighting for a spot in the college football playoffs. But I'm still not sold on the Aggies. Um, they beat Florida, but Florida was sleeping, sleepwalking. I, if they if they can you know punch up their weight and 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 beat Alabama if they get a chance to play them again. I know they already lost this year, but, but you know, they, they got to beat some other teams with the pulse before I start crowning them and, and uh, giving them the credit that they think they deserve in college station. Um, and then Florida, Missouri. Florida was down 7-6 to six whenever the last time we checked the score. Um, we were all hanging out this weekend, and we flipped it back over, and it was 28-7. Um, didn't really know what happened. It, it almost happened in the blink of an eye. So, um, sounds, it seems to me like Florida turned it on. Um, Kyle Trask is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, he's slinging it with, with the best of them right now. Um, he's also in my husband conversation. So I, I feel like, you know, this game started off slow, but something happened to Florida where they kicked it in the gear and, and proved that they were the better team. And, and Missouri is just, you know, they're, they're still fighting for a spot, um, to even be relevant in SEC East. Uh, I tell Dillbeck all the time, we would gladly take them back in the Big 12. But you know how money runs everything, so I don't think they'll ever leave the SEC unless they ever get kicked out. So, so you know it's going to be a struggle for Missouri until they can get a good coach down there that'll that'll make them competitive. But uh, Florida won this one easily. And then moving on to BYU Western Kentucky, uh, BYU is another team like Cincinnati that I think deserves every bit of a shot to get in the college football playoffs. Um, again, like Cincinnati, they are embarrassing teams. They are stomping mud holes in people and, and not looking back. So I think BYU has got a real good football team. I think they're going to make some noise this year. Um, and hopefully Zach Wilson continues to tear it up and, and can get in the, the national Heisman conversation and, uh, everybody can, can start watching them and, and looking at the Cougars. Um, and then Michigan. So Dilbeck and I on episode one, Constantly talked about Michigan. Constantly said, you know, Jim, Jim Harbaugh finally has a quarterback. You know, this is this is the first time that Michigan has looked competent on offense in years, and yada yada yada. And then they come out and lay an egg against Michigan State, who had just lost a terrible loss to Rutgers. So I don't know what's going on in Michigan. Um, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh's got going on. I don't. I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. Um, I, I expected. Michigan to come out and win this game by two to three touchdowns. I think everybody else did. I think Michigan did. And that's probably why Michigan State snuck up on them and beat them. 
but uh but yeah and harbaugh's got to figure it out because he his record against his rivals i think it's like one in five um and that's terrible you you can lose to your non-rivals and keep your job but if you start losing or if you if you can't beat your rivals you're, you're not going to keep your job long and i think it's surprising he still has it considering he can't beat ohio state so harbaugh's got to figure it out in ann arbor or uh He's going to be gone pretty soon. And I think the fan base is calling for it, so he better watch his bag. Um, jumping into the ACC, we had Virginia take down uh, number 15, North Carolina. And this one was shocking to me. Uh, one, because I really believe that Mac Brown had the Tar Heels moving pretty good down in Chapel Hill. Um, you know, that they, they lost earlier in the year, and, and, you know, it was a little deflating, but but I, I felt like he had him back on the right path and, and was using that loss as like a learning tool to move forward in the year. And, and, you know, they were going to make some noise in the ACC and then they lose to a terrible Virginia team. Um, and honestly, this is their defense. You know, you, you can't give up 44 points to Virginia. Um, I've watched my fair share of Virginia football games over the past couple of years and, and their offense has never been really impressive. So I don't know what North Carolina's defense was doing but they're going to have to step it up. Um, you know, they're going to have to work a lot harder to get back into the conversation, but um, that defense has got to figure it out. Because, I mean, if you have Sam Howell back there, throwing from four touchdowns and over 440 yards, you, you shouldn't have any problems. Uh, but that defense is just, just terrible. Um, jumping back into the Big 12, Kansas State lost to West Virginia, 37-10. to um, this one was shocking to me, and then I found out that uh, Kansas State lost their quarterback, and then it all made sense. Um, they lost Skylar Thompson, who is not the best quarterback in the world, but he was a starter for a reason, and uh, definitely definitely hinders the Kansas State offense with him not being in the game. And, and West Virginia finally put together a good game. Um, they've, they've had flashes here and there where they're you know scoring points, but they can't stop anybody or, or vice versa. So... It's good for West Virginia to get a W. Um, Neil Brown has got them playing really well, and uh, I expect them to to beat a couple more teams in the Big 12. They'll probably end up beating Texas because that's how it usually works. Texas will come off a big win and then lose their next game, which happens to be West Virginia. So I would I would just get ready for those of you that that want to clown on me and, and give me a hard time for Texas losing. It's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, and then back into the Big Ten. We have uh, the number 17 Indiana Hoosiers against the unranked, but at the time unbeaten Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And Indiana was able to pull this one out. Um, Indiana looks good. I, I think that if they get another big win here and there, I think they'll make some noise. The the worst part for Indiana is they play in the same division as Ohio State. So they're going to have to use some black magic or something to get past the Buckeyes or might just happen to catch them napping one game. Um, Ohio State usually lays an egg one week of the season, and, and maybe it'll be Indiana, and Indiana can, can ride can ride the wave into Indianapolis for a Big Ten championship berth. Um, definitely don't bet the house on it, but uh, but I think Indiana's looking good, and, and, and Rutgers will rebound, hopefully. You know, it was really nice to see them win against Michigan State last week, um, so you, you want to see success for them, but uh, they're going to turn it around. And these next ones will go through pretty quickly. Um, Coastal Carolina, 51. Georgia State, nothing. Um, not a whole lot to say other than Coastal Carolina 
is looking real good, undefeated. Um, probably going to win the Sun Belt just because they keep beating everybody by two to three touchdowns, and, and I think that trend will continue. Um, and then Navy SMU, um, SMU won 51 to 37. Um, and keep in mind that Navy scored 20 in the fourth quarter. So this game wasn't even close. Imagine they scored a couple garbage time touchdowns and, and, uh, did it against some backups. So SMU's looking good. They had their one loss against Cincinnati, um, which is not surprising. Cincinnati's a damn good team. Um, so be on the lookout for SMU to, uh, get a pretty solid bowl berth and, and maybe scare a, uh, a power five team that squeaks into a bowl game. Um, Iowa State took care of Kansas, 52-22. That's really all you can say. Kansas is is a dumpster fire. They have been for a while. I'm sure when they play Texas here in a couple weeks, they'll look just amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm getting ready for that. But um, they they are terrible. And Ohio State's one of the better teams in the Big Big 12. So um, it was good to see them take care of their business and and continue their their winning ways and and looking to rebound after a a uh, loss to Oklahoma State, so it's a good win for Iowa State. Um, and then it's staying in the Big 12. Um, we have Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Um, Oklahoma took care of business. As a matter of fact, every time I changed the channel or looked at the score, seems like Oklahoma had the ball or was about to score or was scoring. Um, so doesn't really surprise me. Texas Tech, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, you go from Cliff Kingsbury, who's – throwing the ball 700 times a game to Matt Wells, who is, who is a little more um, run, run specific. Um, so like it's, it's going to take some time for Texas Tech to get their guys in there um, and, and, and turn that into the program Matt Wells has wanted to, but I, I think there's some time. I think you got time, Red Raiders fans. It'll, it'll, it'll all come for full circle. Um, and then our final game in the top 25 was Boise State and Air Force. Uh, Boise State ended up winning 49-30. And uh, Boise State's another team that people need to watch out for. They only played two games, uh, but they look good as usual. Uh, Brian Harson's got the Broncos looking good like he usually does. So I expect them to go into next week and uh, make some noise. And uh, moving on, moving on to week 10. Uh, we're going to go into our preview section. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to skip over the SEC games just because we have our SEC analysts on. Um, and we devote an entire section to that. Um, and we'll try to do that throughout the year. We'll try to bring on a special analyst for, for each conference every now and then and then give it the give that conference their deserved respect. Um, so just if you want to hear about the SEC, just keep listening, and, and, and it will have myself, Dilbeck, and, and Hog Delight on there. Um, so our first game, our first two games are on Friday night. Uh, we have number 11 Miami at NC State. Uh, Miami's a ten and a half point favorite. Uh, I I would take Miami. Um, I I don't see a whole lot from NC State. I, I definitely know that Miami can score. It's just got to be a good night for them, and I and I think it will be. I think Miami wins this game by two touchdowns. Um, but you know, could be wrong. So definitely, if you're going to bet, do it responsibly. But uh, but I, I'd throw some money on Miami down if I was if I was a betting man. Um, and then the game of the night, honestly, this is this is a game of the weekend, um, just because there's not a whole lot going on this weekend. But uh, BYU-Boise State, number nine BYU, number 21 Boise State. Um, like we've said before, BYU looks real good. And uh, like I just said a couple minutes ago, Boise State looks looks pretty good too. So um, I, I, BYU is a three-and-a-half point favorite right now. I, I think this game's close. I think it does come down to a field goal. 
but uh but I would take BYU um even though Boise State is at home and it's always nice to watch some watch the games on the blue turf I think BYU wins this one close um and then we have our first matchup on Saturday we have the Michigan Wolverines against the Indiana Hoosiers and I, and I'll repeat that we have the 23 ranked Michigan Wolverines against the 13 Indiana Hoosiers so uh Apparently ESPN is listening to the podcast and is, is just as high on Indiana as we are. Um, I don't think they win this game. I think Michigan turns it around, but I also thought Michigan was going to beat Michigan State by two touchdowns. So that shows you what I know. Um, I, I, I'm going to root for Indiana. I, I hope they win it. And if they do, I think the only other competition they're going to have is Ohio State. And, and like I said, hopefully they can get past them and, and make some chaos and, and get to Indianapolis. Um, and then the, the next game, we got SMU and Temple. SMU is a 17-point favorite. I think this game plays out just like that. I think SMU wins this one big. And then we have our first Pac-12 game of the year. Uh, we have Arizona State and USC. Um, don't have a whole lot on either of these teams just because it is the first game. Um, USC is a 10.5-point favorite, and uh, I think USC wins this one. But Clay Helton's, you know, this this is a contract year for him. He he's gonna have to do something or he's losing his job. So that's this hopefully USC comes out and, and plays like they're supposed to and, and can and put an Arizona State team away. Um and then moving on to the Big Twelve, we have uh, West Virginia and Texas. Um like I said, Texas is supposed to win this game, but Texas is notorious for winning a big game and then just not showing up the next game. So um, if history repeats itself, which it often does, I imagine Texas will either lose this game or look terrible and um, make it way closer than it needs to. And I'm sure I'll be nervous the entire time. Um, I, I I hope Texas wins this game. And if they don't, I expect everybody to shit on me on Twitter, uh, which is rightfully so. But um, I think Texas wins this one. And then we have... Liberty and Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech is four and two. Liberty six and zero. Oh. Um, the line is Virginia Tech at fourteen and a half. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd take that line, but I'm definitely going to take the Hokies, especially being at home. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Liberty, but um, you know, being six and zero, oh, you got to respect it. But I just I don't know if they're going to squeak by the, the Hokies or not. And then we have UMass and Marshall. Won't stay on this one long. Marshall is a forty-five point favorite. Take that as you will. <laughs> um, and then at 2.30, we have Houston going to Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati's a 13.5-point favorite. I think Cincinnati wins this one big, just like they have all year. Um, and I, I think they continue their march down the down the line of teams that, that want to try and compete against them and, and win this one big, like I said. Uh, back in the Big 12, we have Kansas at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 38-point favorite. Again, take that as you will. Um, I don't think this one's close ever. I think Spencer Sanders has the half off, and, and I think Oklahoma wins this one pretty easily. And then we have Oklahoma State trying to rebound against Kansas State. Um, with with Kansas State losing uh, Skylar Thompson, I, I think their offense is limited, and I think that Oklahoma State is going to come into this game pissed off because they lost to Texas and looking to, uh, to come back and, and prove that they, they still belong. So I think Oklahoma State wins this one. And I think they'll win it about two touchdowns. Um, and then staying in the Big 12, we got Baylor at Iowa State. Um, Iowa State is a 14-point favorite, and Baylor is 
not very good this year. Um, so I expect Iowa State to win this one pretty easily, and Brock Purdy is going to look good doing it. And then the game of the week, um, we have Clemson and Notre Dame. Even though Clemson doesn't have Trevor Lawrence, I think their freshman QB is going to come in and uh, make it competitive. He didn't look the best last week, but I, I think he he had some first game jitters and you know was just working out some kinks there. So I think he comes in against Notre Dame, puts up a good game, and I think Clemson's defense shuts down Notre Dame just because I don't think Notre Dame has played anybody yet. But um, it, it'll be a good game for sure. Definitely tune in at 6.30 uh, Central Time um, on NBC. So make sure y'all are watching that one. And then Rutgers, Ohio State. Um, we all want to see Rutgers win, um, but I don't think it. I don't think it's going to happen. There isn't even a line for this game, so I imagine Ohio State wins this one big. Um, and then our second Pac-12 game of the week, we have Stanford at Oregon. Um, Oregon's a nine-point favorite. I uh, I don't know a whole lot about either of these teams, but if if my memory serves me correctly, Oregon's usually pretty good. Um, especially starting out the year, and, and Mario Crystal Ball has the Ducks playing some good football. Um, so I, I imagine them coming out and winning this game against Stanford. And then the last game on the schedule in the top 25, we have South Alabama and Coastal Carolina. I expect Coastal Carolina to continue their winning ways. Um, they're 18-point favorites, and I expect them to uh, send South Alabama home licking their wounds and uh, – continuing their unbeaten streak. Um, so now I'm going to welcome on Dilbeck and Hog Delight um, onto the show to discuss the SEC. We're going to dive into it pretty deep. And then once we come back, I will jump back on and we will finish. All right. Joining us now, we have Hog Delight, um, our SEC analyst here on backyard college football, um, Hog. What do you uh, What do you want to talk about? Do you want to start with a little bit about yourself, or do you want to d- jump right into the games? Well, a uh, little bit about me. You know, I appreciate you having me on this podcast. It's very, very uh, humbling. You asked me to contribute. I'm more than happy to add my expertise and uh, idiot takes, along with the ones I heard last week from being in Dilbeck. Um, it's all we produce is freezing takes, man. Oh, yeah. And yeah, tag me at freezing cold takes anytime something takes <laughs> off. But uh, just a little bit about Hog Delight here. Um, you know, born and raised in the natural state. I like to say I have an unnatural fondness for my natural state. And, um, you know, I've been having my heart broken in half by the SEC office in Birmingham and the Razorbacks as well, uh, almost on a yearly basis. But I digress. I'm not going to talk any more about it. Uh, Let's talk some more about Atlanta. You know, um, the SEC storylines here for November 7th. Uh, First off, Ian and Dilbeck, we've got the world's largest cocktail party this weekend in Jacksonville. We do. We do. It is. It's going to be a little bit uh, weirder with all the COVID regulations and stuff, but, you know, I'm just glad this thing is going to be played in Jacksonville. You know, there was a lot of speculations about neutral site games and stuff, but I'm just really glad this is going to be outside and there's going to be plenty of people getting nice and drunk for this. It's going to be the best football Jacksonville we've seen all year. Oh, yeah. Duval, baby. 
Okay. <laughs> and I, I think it'll still be a good game. E- even with all the COVID regulations, I think it'll still be a very good game because these are two of the best teams in the SEC. Absolutely. I've got in my notes here, uh, just for the record, for the people keeping up at home, uh, last week record against the spread for Hog Delight was 3-3. Three and three. We're sitting at 500 for the season. So we're going to monitor those picks throughout the year, the remainder of the year. Um, I've got in bold highlight here, this game will determine who goes to Atlanta. So, I mean, there's really no secret there. We've got the two best teams in the East. Nobody really has that big a challenge later in their schedule that I could see. Um, I mean, it's, it's just going to be a shoe-in for the SEC championship game. Georgia has been bit by the injury bug. You know, uh, their lead receiver, George Pickens, and running back Kenny McIntosh are considered day-to-day after injuries. You know, uh, Kentucky, they didn't come out unscathed. But Georgia's defense is hurting as well. Richard LaCourne, Jordan Davis, Quay Walker, Julian Rochester, you know, a whole slew of people was in the mass unit. But, you know, I really like in Florida in this one. Georgia's defense is solid, but, I mean, Kyle Trash should be in the Heisman conversation. That dude just – he can put up some freaking points, you know. Uh, what, what do you guys think about that? I, I agree with you, um, I, especially about Kyle Trask. Dude, dude is a baller. Um, he, he throws a real pretty football, and, you know, I, I think he should be considered. And, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whenever they they lost to Texas A&M, I think they just, you know, Texas A&M caught a team that was sleeping um, and just happened to, you know, capitalize on it. So I, I think that – I think Florida is still one of the best teams in the country. Um don't get me wrong, I think Georgia's good as well. But I haven't seen anything on the offensive side of the ball from Georgia that makes me think that they're, you know, going to compete for an SEC title as well as a national title. So I, I got to see a little bit more. But I, I still think this will be a great game. Yeah, I agree with both of you on that. Uh, Georgia just does not look as impressive to me, um, you know, looking back through their schedule. And the one actual game that you could look back on as Alabama, and that was – 17 points a pretty big difference that i mean granted it was at tuscaloosa but still 17 points for a team that's top five in the nation to me just seems a bit suspect so florida i would say has probably the advantage here especially you know they call this a neutral site game but still being played in florida closer to gainesville i'd i'd say florida has a good advantage on this one yeah mailman's just kind of a game manager he's not gonna stretch the field or hurt you much but Georgia was four-point favorite in this one. I'm locking in the Gators' money line and against the spread. That's just that's just free money there. Okay. Now we move on to the uh, – this game is sponsored by MyPillow um, out of Minnesota because you're going to want to fall asleep watching this. This is Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is an 18-point favorite. You know, this is an absolute dog-meat matchup. Um, I also said this was brought to you by Ambien because you're going to wish you took 10 of those babies before watching this thing. (laughs) But in all serious, it's just really no appeal to this game. Mike Leach has been abysmal with Mississippi State players. I mean, Kylan Hill just decided to opt out this week, which we already knew he did about two weeks ago. But, I mean, they're jumping ship left and right. Uh, After putting up 44 points in their opener against LSU, I would like both of you to guess how many points they've scored in the last four games combined. Well, I know they scored 
what was it, like two against Arkansas or somebody for the longest time and then finally scored at the end. Um, mm. I'm going to say – I'm I'm going to say 44. I'm going to say 44 points over the past four games as well. Just even it out. Mm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with 35. 35. Well, they scored a total of 30 points in the last four games combined. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That is for a high-powered Mike Leach offense. It just does not seem adequate at all. And again, you're facing the big boys in the SEC every week, so. My father-in-law is an avid Bulldog fan, and after the Arkansas game, he rightly confessed to me that he is, quote-unquote, done with Mississippi State this year. <laughs> so, we will see. <laughs> it took him one game. <laughs> hey, it's one more game than I had last year. So, hey, You know, some years but, you just know. Yeah, some years you just know. But I, I think like with Vanderbilt. Mississippi State for me – sorry, sorry about that. No, you go I ahead. I think with Mississippi State for me, they – Everybody talked about all offseason. He's going to come in and he's going to post this just crazy offense. And you know, I think that there's still there's still some some signs of life there. But all people had to realize was just don't run man, just run yep. zone. You keep you have the athletes to compete with them, and and you're going to keep them in front of you. Because there have been some times where I've been scrolling through the games, and I'll and I'll flip one on, and, and Mississippi State will be playing, and it'll be like third and two, and they're five wide. And I get it. That's the air raid offense. I understand how it works. But at the same time, there's no threat of running the ball. That It doesn't do anything for you. It, it hinders you to throw the ball this much in the SEC where everybody is the same size. You know, in the Pac-12 where he's been before, you have a stud wide receiver or you have a stud quarterback. That is the biggest player on the field. And they dominate. And here, I mean, shit, we've seen it from Auburn. They have that – freshman tight end slash quarterback, whatever the hell he is out there putting moves on people in the open field, looking like Cam Newton. And so like, you're just, it's, it's a totally different world for Mike Leach here in the SEC. And, and I want him to adjust because, because I like him. I, I, I like Leach as I think he's a great coach, but he's got to show me something here. And I think Vanderbilt's a good, a good team to kick the shit out of and, and, and get everything working and, and moving towards the correct, you know, the right direction. You got anything, Delbeck? Mm, on this one, I mean, not a whole lot, honestly. You got a shit game. It's as simple as that. I mean, this is one that if it gets like 10 viewers, I'd be surprised. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why you turn into this one. I mean, it, it's more – this game is one that you'd probably rather watch on Friday Night Lights in high school rather than watch this game. So I, yeah. it's just not what I'm really going to tune into. I do want to see Mike Leach get something going because, uh, you know, I, I also genuinely like the guy as a coach. I think he's a great coach, but I'm still not – I'd rather just catch the highlights on this one. Yeah. Uh, thankfully for me, I set up every Saturday with about three TVs in my living room, and I don't even think this one's going to make one of those three TVs. So – like I said, I think Vanderbilt's going to show some guts. You're doing yourself a favor. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Vanderbilt's going to show some guts here. Derek Mason's a good coach, you know, and obviously there's been plenty of blueprints put out there on how to beat Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, let's get weird. They might even pull out a W. You know, I don't, I don't even care at this point. That's 18 points. I think Vandy's going to cover. That's my pick of the week. All right. Well, I think on. Vandy covers. I, Actually, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I was going to say, I really like that pick on that one. So. <laughs> Okay, well, thankfully, you can 
pull the bullet out of the chamber because we just got done with that one. So Texas A&M at South <laughs> That'll Carolina. be our freezing cold state of the week for the SEC. <laughs> South Carolina is seven and a half point. Dog at home. Kellen Mond played a freaking good game last Saturday, okay? He yeah, proved he that he can be patient and takes what the defense gives him, you know, Hogs played two high safeties almost all night. Mon checked down to the running game in the flat 70% of the night. You know, he just made some confident throws in the pocket and even stood in there and took some shots. You know, even though it was against my Hogs, the dude just played better, you know. And the difference in that game was an offensive line and Kellen Mond. But, you know, this is the maturity that he's been missing from his game the past two, two seasons, you know. And – uh Texas A&M is one of those one-loss teams, you know, them in Florida. You know, if Florida takes care of business in the SEC championship game and against Georgia, you know, they're getting in the college football playoff, period. Texas A&M has the luxury of being able to sit out of the SEC championship game and might sneak in the college football playoff if Alabama takes care of Florida in the SEC championship game. Again, we're counting our ducks before the hat or our chickens before the hatch, but that's just a scenario that could play out there in the future. What – <clears throat> Will Muschamp is a defensive coach, you know. And South Carolina plays pretty decent in williams Bryce Stadium. They really handed it to Auburn. Well, maybe not handed it to them, but they seemed more in control of that game at home whenever they were struggling. They did what they had to do to pull out a W against a tough Auburn team. And I, and I agree with you. Um, everybody knows my feelings toward Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Um but they did play good against Arkansas. And, and you know, in years past, that might be a, a weird sentence to say because, you know, it's Arkansas. But uh, Sam Pittman's got the Hogs looking good. Um, I didn't expect them to win last week. I expected, you know, them to look pretty good in, on defense and, and have some issues on offense. And I feel like that's what they looked like. Um, granted, I didn't watch the whole game, so I don't know how it looked in the fourth quarter. But I watched majority of it. And, and Arkansas played how I expected them to. So, so Texas A&M going into South Carolina is is a uh, is a, is going to be a one to keep a, keep an eye on that for me just on the standpoint of I don't necessarily believe in A and M just yet. Um, their one loss was to Alabama and Alabama stomped a mud hole in them. Um, not saying that's any different than anybody else that Alabama plays, but you know you, you got to at least compete with the big dogs to to have a chance to to look at the college football playoffs. So I think if A and M comes into um, South Carolina and, and puts up a good game and wins and, and looks competent. I think that'll that'll help them. Um, I mean, certainly it'll help them a lot more than losing. But I think I think they go in here and they do their job. Um, but South Carolina is another team that out of the SEC that I, I generally enjoy watching. Um, I, I like Will Muschamp. I've liked him since he was a defensive coordinator at Texas. So um, I think he's a good coach. I don't think the offensive side of the ball is, is as explosive as people. Um, we're expecting coming into this season, but you know, due to a COVID year, it's going to be a little, little different on that side of the ball, anyway. So, so I think, I think A and M takes care of business, but I like South Carolina to keep it close. Yeah, yeah. Will Muschamp went and plucked his buddy Mike Bobo out of Colorado yeah. State to overhaul this offense, and we're just not seeing it yet, you know. But. Yep. People forget this Carolina team did walk into Athens last year and uh, whipped up on the Georgia Bulldogs. So my pick of the week is I'm sticking with crazy and I'm taking the Cox and the points for the week. Dilbeck, yep. what do you got in your prediction? 
looking at this, I see a trap game for A&M. They're going to South Carolina. They're looking at a 2-3 and three record. South Carolina is not perceived as a strong team in SEC. A&M could easily be looking for next week and just completely overlook the current week and just you know run into a loss here. It's one of those games where you don't think much of it on paper, but then you can see the results on Sunday, or on Saturday, I mean, going into that fourth quarter, South Carolina being up by 5.7 points, you know, touchdown, whatever, and could be looking at a different ball game then. I think you might be absolutely right, and I would love nothing more than to expose $75 million worth of Jimbo Fisher's mistakes. Hey, everybody lives with that. Ian will be the first person on this podcast next Wednesday that will be shitting on Jimbo Fisher in Texas a if they lose. Will sh- I will shit down Jimbo Fisher's throat. I will, absolutely will. <laughs> oh, buddy. I cannot wait for that. Like I said, I'll stick with crazy this week and uh, I'm taking the cocks and the points. So seven and a half, that's a touchdown and a toe. I think they can handle that. So... Moving on, kind of a short, short slate of games in the SEC this week. A lot of teams off. Last one, 6.30 kickoff. I know all the odds in the SEC will be on it because it's the most important game of the week. This is your Arkansas Razorbacks hosting the Tennessee Rocky Top Bucktooth Volunteers. Arkansas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite here, and yours truly has honestly been awaiting this matchup all season. You know, I, I'm not looking forward to Alabama. I'm not looking forward to playing at Florida. I wasn't even looking forward to playing Auburn, even though Chad Morse is at Auburn. But I knew Tennessee was going to be a fraud ever since week one. They had a cupcake slate of games that they ran the table on last season to get to a bowl game. And everybody's saying, oh, Tennessee, oh, Tennessee, they're so great, so great. But Barry Odom is going to expose Jeremy Pruitt, or I'm sorry, Kendall Bryles is going to expose Jeremy Pruitt for the defensive genius he is. I think we're gonna we're gonna take the top off his defense. Traylon Burks is gonna go yard on them. He's gonna have at least 140 yards receiving. It's gonna be insane. Last week against AM, KB got his offense clicking. Hogg set the tone early with a 12 play, 90 yard drive that started from their own 10 for a touchdown. You know. Slow starts have been plaguing the Hogs this season, but I think we might be on the right foot now. So, leading into that, Jarrett Guantanamo Bay is going to wish <laughs> he was in a torture chamber after he gets picked apart by Barry Odom and this Hog defense. You know, Kentucky took him to the woodshed and just had their way with him big time. And I just haven't seen anything special out of Tennessee. Their O-line was supposed to be the best in the conference. I know they've been plagued with injuries, but they're still giving up two and a half sacks a game. And, you know, I am hammering the Hogs' money line against the spread. You know, one and a half points, that's a freaking gift. There's too much money to be made to pick against a night game in Fayetteville. I'm taking the Hogs by a billion, and I'm not sorry about it. It's hard to believe looking at Razorbacks as hard and as good as they've played all year to this point. And Tennessee, who's been stumbling of late, and yet they still favor the Vols. I, I don't understand the money line on that one. I, I totally agree with you. I'd honestly take the Hogs in this case. So, hey, count me count me in on that one. And then later you can hit me a freezing cold takes again. Like, <laughs> we'll go three for four on the freezing colds this week in the SEC if that's what we must. But I'm with it. 
And, and I agree. I, I'm taking Arkansas as well, but I do understand the skepticism because the offense for Arkansas has looked terrible. Arkansas should have beaten Georgia. We all know it. Quint, Hog Delight, you know it. We, we, we all know Arkansas should have beaten Georgia. They were, they were right there all game, and if Arkansas could have even just mustered up any type of offensive possession, they win that game. They, they put the pressure on Georgia to, to score and make, make them force some mistakes, and Arkansas pulls that game out. Of course, that didn't happen. Arkansas refused to get out of their own way. Arkansas refused to get, even get past the 50-yard line, and Georgia ended up winning that game by a couple scores. So I understand the skepticism. I don't – I'm not impressed with Tennessee. Um, their QB situation is a mess. You, you really can't pick – the true, you know, who should be the starter. You don't know. You, you could put a new kid in every week and the offense would look the same. So, so yeah. I'm, They're having a competition in practice this week with a true freshman. I can't remember his first name. The kid's name is Bailey. So they're both taking reps with the ones this week in practice. Exactly. So, I mean, they're either going to go with Guantanamo Bay or they're going to stick the freshman kid in there and it's going to look exactly the same. So, I understand the skepticism on Arkansas side, but I, I'm going Hogs as well. I think they pulled this one out, and that's a big win for Sam Pittman. Uh, hey Alexa, play Rocky Top. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, thanks for having me on. Hog the light. It's gonna take his four and zero week this week. Feel good about all my picks. Just take it to the bank thanks already. For having me on. Thank you so much. <laughs> And go Hogs. Hogs Thanks for being on. Appreciate it, man. We'll have you on later Take in the season. The bank, Everybody tune in to Twitter. Alexa, turn it up to 10. <laughs> Everybody tune in to Twitter <laughs> on Saturday. I hate you so much. <laughs> Hog Delight will be taking over the Twitter Alexa, account for the live Sweden Arkansas game. Uh, please, 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 if Arkansas starts to lose, Get on his ass, please. Jump all over him on Twitter. And if they start to win, just leave him alone. Let him talk to himself. So, again, Twitter is Backyard CFB. Tune in on Saturday for the Arkansas matchup. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I know it was a little different since it was just me for a majority of it, but I do appreciate the support. The whole team appreciates the support, and hopefully our content gets better and better each week. Um, again, you know, follow us on Twitter if you haven't already done that. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, our Twitter page is Backyard CFB. Um, please, you know, go follow us, engage with us, and, and, and we'll, we'll hope to make it a fun college football season and, um, you know, continue to, to continue to send us questions, let us know if you like anything, don't like anything, um, want us to change something, want us to, to add some more stuff, please, please send feedback. We appreciate it all the time. Um, again, my name's Ian. Appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.